0: Today's gospel is about this leper, right? I had the privilege a few times in my life to work in leprosy colonies and uh, visit leprosy colonies also. It was a, a joy to do so. I remember the very first time I was able to work a little bit in a leprosy colony and Uh, how much it impressed me, uh, shocked me even. I was deeply moved by the gravity to which it affects the body. And it's something that has diminished around the world immensely. I don't know the stats, but if it was at one point 100% it would now be like 0.001 or 0.001% but we still can't quite fully get rid of it apparently unless things have changed in the last five years because we're not fully sure how it's transmitted and we can't really control it. So leprosy still appears in almost every major country in the world. We still have leprosy and haven't fully eradicated it by any means. In working with them, it's even though they would be quote unquote cured lepers, because now with a good strong dose of antibiotics we can stop it, we can stop leprosy in its continual growth, it directly affects the nerves. And so very often, they will have hidden in a village somewhere and not gotten that treatment right away and so they'll have severe nerve damage all over the body and so the face will be gravely disfigured or the arms and the hands and because of the loss of the nerves and they can't Feel in certain areas. So they'll often be covered with what we call gangrene, um, which is the rotting flesh. And so I've often found uh, somebody with leprosy on the streets and um, been able to pick them up and you would find them covered with the worms from the gangrene. And so obviously it's not something that is necessarily the most attractive thing in the world, per se. And then, too, if we don't know exactly the cause, it scares you quite a bit when you see it. And, two, we, at the time of Jesus and before, well, really just more than 130, 40, 50 years ago, uh, we weren't really aware of bacteria. And so we weren't we, what we would do is often marginalize or set aside people that are gravely ill in order to help prevent the spread. It's something that you can only imagine what it would do to the person who has leprosy, um, marginalized from their families. They create communities, very often still to this day actually, create communities of lepers that live together and I've known uh, lepers that have had families and kids and, and everything living in a colony off to the side, now that especially that it's uh, non-communicable once they've been cured. And I was thinking of that uh, whole situation when we see this leper in the gospel. What is he doing? Well, You can imagine how desperate he was when he comes up to Jesus, how he comes up to him, and you can almost hear in his voice a certain poverty, a certain poverty. He wasn't um, demanding being healed. He wasn't saying, how dare this happen to me? He wasn't coming across, and at least in the wording, I'll go back over it in a little bit, but <clears throat> as if he was bitter. There's other passages in the Gospels where the person who's wounded, is bitter. And he's like, oh, why me? Why me? Why me? Kind of thing. Not in this one. He simply goes up to Jesus and he says, If you want, you can cure me as he's kneeling on the ground. And I imagine, sure, there was poverty because of all that he had been going through. But he must have had a foundational thing that led him to trust. And I'm going to call that faith. Faith is a big term. And in this case, for the leper, it translated to trust. He trusted that somehow God is working in this man. He trusted that somehow God can work in him. And so, what is he going to do? He's going to reach out. The very foundation of his action is this aspect of trust. And note, it's structuring his action. If he didn't trust, if he had been too bitter because he'd been wounded so many times, he had been let down so many times, marginalized, he wouldn't have come out. He wouldn't have come out. He wouldn't have trusted. He trusts, and that structures, and that's what we call faith and his faith in a person. Here it is, the person of Jesus Christ, who is God. And so he walks forward, despite the fact of being marginalized, put to the side in society, despite the fact that Jesus could, in all righteousness, reject him and tell him to go away. He hopes, and he reaches out, And I have to say that as a Catholic, faith has to be this foundation of my action. It's what structures. There's something, someone that structures my life. Now, it's on the one side the reality of Jesus that structures my life, that's the objective but it translates into a subjective reality that we call trust. A trust. A second thing, you note this trust in God leads him to not be impatient, but to look for the right timing. His timing here is perfect. He's Not at least, I mean, he could have been someone. I don't know. I mean, you don't have every detail of this leper's life. But the way it's portrayed in other passages, it seems as if someone was so desperate that they're trying to find it anywhere, anyhow, and they're forcing the issue. Here, it seems as if this leper is just plucking the fruit when it's ripe, having the courage to go up and get it right when he's there not impatient not desperate not desperate he's trusting in god's timing and lo and behold jesus is there now is the moment now is the moment i got to do it and also too he is not just patiently waiting he's also acting at the right moment he has guts He has the courage to get up and do it. Because it would take an immense amount of courage for this man who is a leper to come out and do it. So it's all about timing. Patiently waiting. And then ready to act. And then boom, he does it. And so if the structure or foundation is faith, His faith leads him to wait, to look, to be patient, and to act. And then it leads him to receive this grace. It's that form of faith. It's that kind of thing. It doesn't say it in this passage, not to my memory. No, it doesn't say it in this passage. But in many of the passages, Jesus is going to say, go your faith." has saved you. Your faith has saved you. That's a refrain that comes back many times. But here we see the transformative power of this faith or trust. Let's not use that word for a second. Not faith. Let's use this word trust. This trust in God and trust in Jesus Christ transforms his entire life. He wasn't bitter, he was patient, he walks forward, and it's that, that moment that he receives the transformative power of God, and it's so true that it's not the person who's desperately looking for himself, really, it becomes narcissistic, heal me, Lord, heal me, Lord, heal me, Lord. It's someone who's poor, who has been wounded, but is leaving it in the hands of God, still wants it, and is ready to act when God shows the moment. It's that one who looks and is not narcissistic, constantly thinking of themselves But in reality, it's all about faith and trust. It's that one that's transformed. But then it ends with this thing that is so human. Jesus says to him, tell no one and go and give thanks to God in the temple. And what does he do? He does the opposite. You can imagine. He's so excited about being healed that he goes out shouting it upon all the rooftops. And he doesn't listen to God at that time. He messes up big time. And what does he do? Why does he do that? We can all relate. Uh, I mean, it would be quite natural. So excited about how his nerves had healed that he shouts it out on the rooftops. But in the end... He doesn't listen to God's plan because he gets too excited. St. Teresa of Avila says that when you receive a grace from God, don't go shouting out about it. Keep it like water in the hands. You'd be surprised if you receive a grace from God in prayer, how quickly you can lose it, actually. You can lose that grace. And it's because you publicize it too quickly. It's like water in the hands. If you're too, if you don't hold your hands really tight, all the water is going to drip right through it. And you need to keep it close to your heart. And here, in fact, in the Gospel of Mark, it's his quote unquote popularity that's going to make for jealousy, and jealousy is going to prevent the gospel and ultimately get him crucified. And so you can understand why Jesus is going to say, don't go shouting it out. Don't go shouting it out. It'll prevent the gospel from being spread in the end. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful passage. And if you remember, I walked you through those three points, really, with the fourth little add-on. And that is this leper shows us that faith it has to be, or trust has to be, the structure or foundation. We have to wait for God's timing patiently. And it's that, that power or that trust that truly transforms. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.